Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock from MCG Quantity Surveyors. And today I've got a very special interview with a gentleman who started the podcast by saying, I might have seven properties by the time I'm 27, but I've made a lot of mistakes. And didn't he over-deliver on the mistakes that he's made. I'm talking today to Adrian Trimboli, who's been very humble and very giving on the lessons that he's learned in property. And it could be a really good cautionary tale for anyone that's wanting to grow a big property. We talk about the mistakes that he's made in the past, how his process and his planning differs from when he started his investing journey in property, admittedly not doing any research at all or knowing too much about property compared to the sophisticated investor he is today. It's an awesome interview with Adrian who's really open and honest with his journey and he's got some great tips for you. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Here's Adrian. Adrian Trimboli, welcome to Geared for Growth. Thank you very much, Mike. Very, very happy to be here. It's a pleasure to get you on and I know that there's a lot of people that are going to be very interested in your story, Adrian, because you are a chappie who has achieved seven properties by the age of 27. Now, it's if you look at the statistics, we're still talking, you know, 73% of investors only own one property and, you know, you're in very, very rarefied air once you get to, to five or more. And, of course, once you're getting around that level, that's where, you you know, you're running into serviceability problems um, and it becomes a game of finance. So I'm guessing that, you know, you, you have an Italian name but you're not from an old money Italian family and you've just sort of cruised your way into this? No. No, 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 you're right. Um, I mean, a lot of it does go down to my beautiful Italian mother who mm. came up with the grand idea of telling my brother and I at 18 years old to go and buy an apartment right around the corner from where we lived. Um, so that was my introduction to property. Was It was a horrible property. I've made a lot of mistakes as well. Um, but I've been very lucky to yeah, be running this business and buying a lot of properties through this business over the last three years. So, yeah, I've made a lot of mistakes, mate. It doesn't. It sounds sexy, but I've made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. Well, I appreciate you being so open and, and humble with that because I think that's what people that listen to this show identify with the most, right? It's, you know, we get another guest on, you get seven properties by 27. Oh, here we go again. Like someone that's just absolutely crushed it. Like people do actually want to know that, the people that can achieve success in property are human beings and they make mistakes. So w w did you have any interest in property uh, when, when your mum said you need to go and buy a property or was that you, you just being a, a good boy and doing what you were told? Well, we were both heading off to schoolies, my brother and I, and yep. my mum came up with the idea. Me and my brother worked very hard when we were 15 years old and doing what we had to do, working at McDonald's and whatnot. We yep. saved up you know, with help, right, we saved up some money and we bought an apartment in Brunswick, which is around the corner from where I live, um, and I had no idea about property, no idea. I didn't want to do it. We were going to schoolies. The last thing on our mind was property. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we bought that property. That was that was, that was was our first introduction to property. And we thought it was great and we thought it was grand until, you know, 10 years later. It's still worth the same amount. Um, but that was my first introduction. And, no, I did not have any interest in property. Um, mm. not until a few few properties after. 
Yeah. And once you, you know, when you explain the property around the corner from where you live, that's kind of a little bit of a red flag and something that we've been publishing data on the distance between from where people live and where they invest because there's that old adage that, you know, people are lazy and they'll buy around the corner because that's what they know. But, you know, the reality is a little bit um, different. But it is kind of a red flag when you say, you know, you bought around the corner and you bought an, an apartment. Now, you could have, that isn't necessarily recipes for failure, but what was it about that property that, you know, knowing what you know now, you would have done differently? Uh, I, if I did the complete opposite, it would have been it would have been good if I did the right. complete opposite. So if I had done any bit of research, it would have been great. Okay. Um bought anything else but an apartment. I mean, I don't like townhouses either. So realistically a house, something with a land component. Um, but it was on a main road, cladding issues, um, you name it, you name it. You know, yeah. cheap rent, not even great yields. Just, um, yeah, yeah. It's, I would have, if I could have done the exact opposite, I'd been, you know, that's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars that I've lost there, potentially millions mm. of dollars. Just on that so, one deal. Yeah, I guess with the opportunity cost there, right? So it begs the question, you know, with the first property being unsuccessful, and I think this is the reason why people don't necessarily get to that second and third properties, they get the first one wrong. You know, in your own words, you've got the first one wrong, but how was it that you were able to get the second one when that one was a bit of a dud investment? Well, lucky for me, um, the prop- you know, I didn't spend a hell of a lot of money. I think I spent 200 and $15,000 on that property, right? So it was, it was cheap. Um, the second property, again, great idea. Let's buy another property on the same block with my brother and my mum. So we bought the same property on the same block. Um, again, thinking we we're doing the right thing, we actually paid that property down. So we paid, we no debt, no debt on that property. Um, and then it wasn't until, so essentially I had $200,000 worth of debt. I was now into a proper job, had some good income, obviously was able to do more things. And it wasn't until the third property, which again, I still didn't really have much of an idea about property. That's when it all kind of changed. And that's when I started going down this route of doing proper research and then eventually leading me to do what I'm doing today. But I think going back to your question, the reason I was able to continue borrowing is because one, I didn't know I made the mistake. So I didn't get fearful like a lot of people do. And two, the, the level of debt that I actually had was very, very low. Um, luckily, right. luckily. Yeah. Yeah. Which just, I suppose, just came down to a price point and, you know, the, the, the lending ecosystem such as it was back then. So mm. you mentioned it, it took you actually a couple of property purchases before you actually became interested in, you know, getting off your backside and doing some research. Was that, <laughs> was that property number three where you're like, okay, uh, I've got a couple here, you know, paid it down, maybe getting a bit of rent coming in. But imagine if I put a bit more effort and heart and soul into this, what I could achieve. No, property three was a disaster. Property yeah. three was a disaster as well. Did, not a disaster in, as in the asset selection, um, a disaster as in the research and what I did. And I just, one of the ones, again, it was property 10 kilometres away from where I live now. Yep. Um, bought the property at auction. Um, finance was not ticked off, right? So finance wasn't cleared yep. and ended up buying the property, the third one, Three days away from settlement, the broker took off and ran off. So I was I was stuck with losing my sixty thousand dollar deposit, 
Um, otherwise, I had to come up with, so I had to push back settlement. I had to come up with $320,000 in order to secure the property because I couldn't get finance and so-and-so. So it was the most stressful time of my life. I thought I was going to lose my deposit. I had to go to my uncle, my mum, very Italian family, like you said, yeah. and, and and borrow money, borrow $320,000 to secure that. And that after that, it, same thing happened to Frank at the same time, which is obviously my business partner. Um, that is when we then thought, holy shit, we've bought, he was on his third property as well. Then I was on my third property. We're meant to know what we're doing. Yep. had no idea. And that's when we went down the route. That was about five years ago, six years ago. Yep. So that's when you kind of thought, well, you know, we're all in on this property thing, right? Like we've 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 made three three mistakes, and chances are we've got to get the fourth one, right? But is that when you started, you know, your interest in property? Because of course, you know, the the viewers that that may haven't maybe haven't come across you before, listeners that haven't come across you before, you you co-own with Frank that you mentioned before uh, a buyer's agency business. So at some point in time, you became passionate about property and educated about property, right? So, you know, when when you sort of said at the beginning, uh, you know, I've made some mistakes, you certainly haven't under-delivered on that statement so far. I mean, talk, talk us through the first success. At least put us out of our misery. Was that number four? That was number four. So luckily... <laughs> From that moment, as I said, Frank went to, and Frank probably got a bit more of an interesting story, right? I've just made some stupid mistakes. Frank actually went to a buyer's agent um, yep. for his second and third property, and he lost a shitload of money. And I hope right. I'm allowed to say that on here. I hope I don't get into right Um Sorry, <laughs> um, he lost he lost money. So he essentially under market, off the plan, all that stuff, right? Happened literally at the exact same time. So then we just went, we came together. We said, okay, well we've stuffed up. We can either be scared from property altogether or we can actually dive in and, and actually properly start learning about property. Um, yeah. That's when the whole shift. So I, I took two years off essentially buying any property and we just went to everything. Seminars, we read books, um, you can probably see behind there. There's just books and books and books. And we just learned everything that has to do about property. Um, property number four was an awesome property. That was an interstate property, um, an 8.5% yield, a... 26% growth in the first year. And that's when okay. everything started to click. And then from there, I've obviously gone and purchased, you know, a fair few properties after that. Yeah, yeah, of course. So assuming that one was the first one, uh, you would have had a lot less headaches. But, but perhaps there's a lot of education that you got out of that. So it's easy to go, oh, I lost this money or with opportunity costs, we're talking hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But I'm, I'm assuming that you as, as an investor and your clients are beneficiaries of this, right? So maybe it's a little bit too glass half full for you. But how do you view it? No, you're very right. And I, and I actually say this um, – to a lot of the people that I speak to now, um, every single decision we make in this business now that we run today, we're very fortunate to help people buy property. It's based off the fact that both Frank and I went through hardship and went through on, genuinely sleepless nights. Mm. Property is not really a difficult game. No one should go through sleepless nights or be fearful they're going to lose this money or lose that um, if you know what you're doing. So every decision, everything that we do, like from the point of, you know, taking kickbacks from other people and putting money in our pocket and, you know, doing sneaky, we, we just, no, it's happened to us. We would never allow it to happen to anyone else that we ever deal with. So yeah. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, well, fortunately for a lot of our clients, we've done the learning. Um, but yeah, unfortunately for us, we had to go through that pain. And where do you see most investors getting it wrong these days? I mean, we reference the, the percentage of people that only own one property. Most people aren't getting to the second, and there's very few people that are getting to, you know, five, six, and seven like yourself. What What do you think is is the reason why people aren't expanding their portfolios? Um, I think there's a few reasons. I think that, like, I very well could have been in that percentage, right? If I bought my apartment. Uh, waited five years, worked out that it hadn't grown and then gone, oh, well, that was crap, and then just kind of yep. not really looked into it. Um, I think what you just said, buying next to where they live because they think that they know the cafe or they know what's next to them, Yeah, that has nothing to do with property prices growing or rental yields. That has nothing to do with it. Um, and then just life getting in the way, right? You, you, you yep. need to dedicate... In order to get a professional result in real estate, which is a huge asset, huge amount of money you're throwing down, I think you need to treat it like a professional. Um, yep. And if you don't, it, it's, you're probably going to get bitten in the ass sometime. I mean, a lot of times we get lucky, right? I got lucky with my third property. Yeah. Um, I got really unlucky with my first two. So, yeah, yeah there's a few reasons. And so when you started looking at, you know, five, six and seven, was it a matter of, you know, even some of these poor purchases, um, they, they were carried by the equity gains of the better properties. So you mentioned you know, 26% in the first 12 months. Was that at the point where equity was kind of working for you and you were able to redraw or are you still having to stump up cash for, for deposits? No. So I actually haven't used a, a deposit since my second property, as in my own cash. It's always been equity. Yep. Um, it's always been equity. In saying that, um, yeah, it, it's always been the, it, it has always been the growth and and looking to you know not necessarily holding on to these assets. Also, I'm I'm not someone that is a proud person that has to hold on to these some of these properties. So I will be selling you know those yep. properties this year this year because I'm not having ten properties or saying I've got fifty properties. It doesn't mean much to me. I just want yeah. stress free portfolio and high performing properties. That that. You've struck on an interesting point because even in sort of uh, brainstorming for us having a chat, we were talking about, you know, seven properties by 27, you know, a team of seven in your business, which is unfortunately wasn't going to work because there's nine of you. Um, there's this there's this kind of... Um, there's this kind of temptation to, to to pin these sorts of things, you know, 10 properties in 10 years or, you know, the, the, there's, there's got to be this catchphrase or this tagline or or some arbitrary way of saying, well, this is successful because I've done this in this time period. But often I sort of think that once you get past those, maybe those ego metrics, you can start to be a little bit more rational and go, well, I actually don't really care about the number. I just have perhaps a goal of, of cash flow that I want to live on in retirement. Do you, do you think that's like, do people come to you and say like, I want to have this in this time frame, and you actually have to have those discussions? Well, let, let's actually think what you want your life to look like and, and, and park that stuff for a minute. The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. 
It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximize their claims and maximize their property education as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you're right. I, I, um, the amount of properties does not matter at all. Mm. It's great for the ego. It's like what we were talking about before. You know, having 50 staff or 60 staff um, is probably great for the ego. It's, it's, it's necessarily not great for the business, right? If the profit's not there and if the, you know, the, the lifestyle's not there, it's the, same with, it's the same with property. If I've got five or four properties paid off and they're generating me $150,000 of cash flow in my pocket every year, I'd much rather that than 12 properties and they're all at 80 or 90% LVR and they're putting 20 grand in my pocket. Mm. Um, I think it's good for the ego, really good for the ego, right? That sounds awesome at a barbecue or, or something like that, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. Yeah. That's my belief. Yeah, and I think in Australia you're more likely to have people hate you than admire you. <laughs> I think that's there's a bit of tall poppy syndrome out there, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, for sure. so when, when, when you're doing, uh, you know, discovery calls or catch-ups with clients and people are saying, you know, I've, I've, I've seen you on that Geared for Growth podcast or, or what have you. Hopefully that'll, that'll happen down the track. Um, Great podcast in the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do they sort of say, look, uh, you know, I, I kind of I want what you're having or do they say, look, um, I've read this book, you know, 135 properties in, in three minutes and that's what I want to do. Like what are people coming to you asking for? Generally, it is it is actually a passive income goal, right? Um, right. The very the very first thing that we do in our business is we we put together what's called a ten year plan or a fifteen yep. or twenty year plan, whatever it is. Um, it has nothing to do with the amount. It has more to do with where you, what your lifestyle wants to be, right? Yep. So prior to having that discovery call or session, um, our the people that we speak to they need to watch a certain amount of videos. That's the first video that they have to watch us walking through the ten year plan. Yep. So when they jump on that call, it's guided towards, you know, where do you actually want to be? What do you yep. want to do? Holidays do you want to take? Do you want to, you know, give, take your kids or whatever whatever it is, right? What what does actually six properties mean or what does 100K in passive income actually mean? Um, yep. But, again, there's always going to be people that say, no, 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 it needs to be 10, it needs to be this and it needs to be in, in that certain order, and that's, and that's fine. Um, but I think it's the dollars and the cents behind those yeah, ten figures or nine figures or whatever, whatever, whatever the goal is for the amount of properties. I think that's the most important. It, it, it is at least for myself, right? I don't, I don't care about the amount of properties. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that's really what's kind of missing with property investing uh, industry in general is that we're always sort of starting with the property and the hotspots. You know, where where are the places I should buy? And you know, I heard that Port Hedland's going to come back, or you know, they're getting nine percent yield in Mandura or what, whatever it is. Right? It's there's always there's always something, but there's not a lot of you know, slow down and sit down and think about what you want your life to to look like, and then reverse engineer your properties to sort of achieve that. You're like, oh, that makes sense, but gosh, it's not as fun as like let's just quick buy in this place because it's going to go up 20%, right? I've, I've learned, yeah, I mean, probably not la last year, it kind of cemented to me, but, um, you know, chasing towards the next hot thing because it, it sounds good. It just doesn't work. I don't think it works with anything. It doesn't work with business. It doesn't work with fitness, right? Just saying, oh, I'll try hit classes now. It doesn't work with, with, with property, right? Having a plan actually going to somewhere and knowing where you have to go, knowing the assets that you need to attain 
to actually achieve that, that should stop you from getting, you know, the next whatever whatever the saying is, going to the next hot hot thing that pops up in front of you. Um, I was like that, you know, two three years ago. So I'm not saying that I'm a, I'm immune to that, but I, I think yeah, that's that is a huge problem. That I think that goes back to the plan though, having not having a plan in place. And and so. What, what do you sort of recommend to, to people when it comes to the planning? I mean, we, we talked about having a, a passive income goal or, you know, I said you did say it de- depends what you want to do, whether you want to take your kids on a trip around the world or send them to private schools or something like that. But do you find that you, you, it, it, it's difficult for people to really sort of go internal and decide, well, yeah, what, what, what does happiness and life and success look like to me? Mm. Yeah, I. I mean, take property out of it, right? You know, I've got. I'm sorry, probably not expecting this. I've got this that I read every single day. Oh, that's the thing. Now, this might sound a bit wishy-washy and whatnot, but that's that's what I want my ideal life to be. In yep. in my relationship with my partner, in my business, with my team, um, and my health. Now, I read that every single day. So I'm really, really clear on where I want to go. Now, whether it's property, whether it's stocks, whether it's a business, um, I would always start at the end. Yep. Now, I've learned that by running this business. I didn't do this right at the start of running my business. I just thought, oh, you want to start a buyer's agency? We love it. Don't want the pain. But whatever you're trying to do, I would always start at the end because how the hell are you meant to, you know, you do triathlons. How are you meant to know when you're going to achieve it or what mm. you need to achieve, what fitness level you need to be at if you haven't got a plan to get there. So you're, abs- you're absolutely yeah. right. You can probably tell by looking at me though. I'm, I'm semi-retired. For, well, perhaps per- permanently retired from triathlon. But but you're right, and I think there's some really great um, parallels between training or or you know for an event or or even just losing weight right you've got to have this ideal notion of here's what i want to do i want to cross the finish line at a certain time or i'm x amount of kilos and i want to get to here you, you can't just you can't just kind of go oh well i'll throw a couple of things together and i know i'm going to get there you've actually got to plan for it and set little incremental milestones and you've got to think about it long term but also day to day and that you know today if I don't recover I can't do my next session or today's session is I've got to do this and you know this is what I need to hit to know that I'm getting the the adaptation right and and I think that's where you were kind of talking about property you know getting getting disciplined about it and treating it like a business is is where that success comes from is is that sort of what you're getting at there yeah for sure for sure I mean Treating it like a business, you need to have a proper tracker, right? So mm-hmm. you can definitely search online. We've got a proper 10-year plan tracker, and it's it's just like your accountability partner. You're following where the equity is. You're following that. Um, but, yes, definitely. You've, you, need to, you need to do something from, from the norm. If the norm is, you know, 78% or whatever the number you quoted before have less than two properties – almost do the complete opposite of what the 78% are doing, right? And then if you go three, you need to be doing something different. You can't just be doing what everyone else is doing because you were not. Statistically, you're not going to succeed, which is sad. Yeah, but that's a really good point, right? Like in, in a way, if you're wanting success in property, 
those are sort of the people that uh, are the competition in a way that that they've made mistakes and that's why they're where they are. Now, I want to sort of preface that to say, look, if your goal is to own one property and you achieve that, great. Let no one's saying that's not successful. But I think that most property investors get involved in property because they want it to really, really change their financial future. And there's a very strong argument to say that one property isn't enough. If it's $10 million commercial property, you're probably off to the races, right? But your average person isn't kind of buying that. So to finish off, I, I wouldn't mind sort of getting perhaps some tips from you or some analysis on on what Adrian's mindset was at the beginning of the property compared to what you look for in property now. How, how do you get sort of clear on the type of property that is going to fit within your portfolio that's getting you closer to your goals and how is that different to what what your process was before? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so just to go back one, I'm not saying that owning one property as well is, yep. is, is – to own one property and buy one property is an awesome achievement. So definitely want to make that clear because I think yep. being able to save, being able to, you know, get equity, being able to have, you know, take the plunge and, and do something like that I think is really awesome. So, yeah, owning one or ten doesn't make you any different, I think. Um, just changes your lifestyle. Exactly yeah. what you said. Regards to what I did back when I was started, well, I didn't do anything, right? I, I I listened to my mother who, thank God, she made me do it, but she doesn't own any property, right? She owns her own home, which is great. I've bought her, you know, a couple of properties now through this business. So listening to someone who is not where you want to be um, mm-hmm. is probably a no-go. That's, that's something I definitely change now. Not having a finance plan, at all. So not knowing if I buy this property, how long is it going to take me to get into the next one? I now have a 20 year plan. So I know exactly what properties I need to buy over the next now eight years in order for me to reach my end goal. Um, That's the comparison. And then doing proper analysis. So, you know, looking at how many, this is one, right? Looking at how many renters are in a particular street compared to, oh, this is next door to me. I'll buy that property. Um, we've got a 72-step process that we run by. Now, I'm very lucky. I get literally go to Frank and go to our buyer's agent and say, hey, I'm ready to buy a property. Can you do it? They do all the analysis. That's awesome. Um, But I understand that they've literally got a 72-step tick sheet that they need to run by and tick off to identify that this is going to be a high-performing asset as opposed to when I was 18 and even on my third purchase, I could afford it. Let's let's go for it. So that, that's that's probably yeah. Those, those are the yeah. There's a lot of other things, but those are kind of the three big ones, I think. That's awesome. And I'm guessing an apartment around the corner from where you live doesn't make it through that 72 point due diligence checklist. No, no, <laughs> for a very long time. It may one day, maybe in 50 years, but not 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 at the moment. <laughs> well, Adrian, I'm, I must say I'm I'm very uh, I'm very grateful for your honesty in basically saying I was terrible at property investing, and here's what I learned. I, I think people really benefit from that. I think people really uh, enjoy someone saying, "Look, I might have something that's defined as successful in inverted commas now, but you know it wasn't given to me, and I made mistakes. And here's what you can learn that that I did wrong, and save yourself from that." So I, I really appreciate that very much, and thank you for coming on the show thank you mike always a pleasure really appreciate it cheers